Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello there and welcome to another episode on Grieving Moms Podcast. This is Megan Hillica. I want to talk about anxiety surrounding your other kids today. So before I dive into that, I just want to let you know registration for Relief and Grief is open. If you want to be part of a healing, life-changing group, go register and give yourself the gift of holding space for your grief and holding space for anxiety, which that's what we're going to talk about today. So go to reliefandgriefsupportgroup.com to register and save your spot. And I can't wait to see you inside. So talking about anxiety, I asked this question in my Facebook group, Gravy Moms Community. If you aren't already in there, you should be, as we have a lot of discussion around grief and space to talk about your experience in your child. But anyways, I asked this question, if you have other children, how are your anxiety and stress levels about them? And the overwhelming response was horrible, over the top, very high, through the roof. And so I wanted to discuss this and offer a little bit different perspective on this. And before I dive in, I wanted to share a few things. As always, I want you to take the word curiosity, curiosity forward through this episode. If this is hitting home for you, or you get angry with me, or you start to go into a shame cycle, please take a deep breath, take a step back, and get curious. And I just want to encourage you to not let yourself do the shame cycle. I know what it's like to do a shame cycle, and it takes so much intention and purpose to stop it. And that's why it's so hard to bring up this kind of topic, because I know that you are absolutely just trying to survive right now. And I know that there's so much that you feel like you can't handle. And I also know all the tools and everything that can change. And I just want you to know that you don't need to shame yourself for having anxiety. And I hope you can lead with curiosity and know that I'm not shaming or judging you, but that I want to share how critical it is for you to care for yourself and the anxiety you feel. And shame does nothing in helping you. All it does is keep you cycling exactly where you're at. Okay, so after Aria died, I was diagnosed with PTSD and I was so, so anxious. I was waiting on pins and needles for the other shoe to drop. I couldn't relax in the evening. I remember sitting on my chair in the living room while my kids were sleeping and I was just this tense ball of stress. And I would think, huh, I used to be able to relax. Will I ever know what relaxation means again? I never relaxed because I had to go check on my kids every 10 minutes. I would literally check my watch and every 10 minutes or five minutes, go make sure that everyone was fine. I actually never could relax unless I was completely away from my kids. But even then, I wondered if the person that was watching them was watching them close enough. So basically, I never relaxed. And another thing I clearly remember is having this conversation with a friend and we were both discussing 
anxiety and how hard it is to live with it. I remember saying something to this effect, like, I didn't choose to have this happen to me. I don't want to live this way. I don't want to live with anxiety. I don't want to feel this way. I just do, and I can't do anything about it. I hate it. I don't want it. And I wish others would just understand. So I want you to know that I know how uncontrollable it feels. I want you to know that once I was in a place of extreme anxiety and couldn't see a way out. Um, I just want to highlight another story from my life as I was watching our kids play outside with two friends and they were playing with the rope. Uh, I was watching our kids with two other of my friends. So I'm, I'm talking with my friends and I saw all I could see in my mind was every single way that that, that rope was going to hurt those kids. And so I asked the other moms I was with, does that rope make you anxious or is it just my anxiety on high alert? And they were not worried about it. And now in the state I am and now I would not be either. But when you're in such a state of fear and worry, everything has the possibility of ending your children's, your husband's, your friends, or other people's children's lives, right? So I remember having that conversation and being like, is this something like, I am so over the top anxious and I can't help it. So now I want to talk about the effects anxiety has, especially on the other children that you are raising. So if you've ever been around somebody with anxiety, you can feel like when you're with them, you can feel that anxiety, that energy from them. The reason I want to highlight this is because this episode specifically, I want to encourage you to get help. I want to encourage you to care for the anxiety. Yes, we can say, you know, this is a part of our life. We can say this is just the way it is now. But I have talked with other children of grieving moms, even the grandchild of grieving mothers, who have been deeply affected by their mother's anxiety and fear and has caused resentment in their life. And they have not felt connected to their mother because of it. And I and I say this not because I want you to feel shame, but because I hope that you can begin to be like, okay, I'm going to get help. I'm going to get the help I need. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to understand that there's nothing wrong with me and per se, but that I can support myself. I can use tools to support this anxiety and manage it. When I was going to therapy and my kids were going to therapy, I mentioned to my child's play therapist that I was super anxious when my children were eating carrots. And I was trying to be okay with it. I was trying to just like let them eat it, not say anything, and try to pretend that I wasn't super anxious. And my child's play therapist told me that kids can sense that. Kids can tell when you're anxious, even if you try to hide it. And so since you don't say anything, the child makes it about them. What did they do wrong? What did they do wrong that is making you so anxious? And they start to get worried and anxious because they're picking up on your anxiety. So I just want to encourage you that your kids pick up on so much more than you realize. So please, please, please don't just shove it under the rug. Get the help you need. Care for this. Take the steps because there is so much hope. There's so much you can do to support the anxiety you feel. So I don't want to shame you for it. I don't want to say there's something wrong with you, but to encourage you to get the help. And I know you're already just trying to survive and trying to do everything to keep your family together and doing everything you can to you know not make your world continue to fall apart around you. I get it. And I just want to stress the absolute importance of getting help for yourself. This is absolutely critical. 
not only for your well-being, but for your children's well-being. I know so often we think, well, I just need to take care of my kids. I'm just going to get through this day. But when you're in that state, can you give your best for your kids? Can you do for your kids what you want to do for them? And I just, it it truly comes down to taking care of yourself and getting the help for, for yourself. You don't just have to keep trying to survive every day. You can get the help, support, and tools to lessen the anxiety and hold space for it so it doesn't continue to control your life. Take a deep breath. I know this has been a lot, and I brought up a lot, and I know it can be triggering and bring you into a shame cycle if you're anything like I am. Like I've definitely had a habit of like I hear something of how I'm doing something quote-unquote wrong or not doing it right, and I start beating myself up, shaming myself. So I want to remind you again that curiosity, gentleness, love, and compassion for yourself are some of your best tools. They have been my best tools of learning to be okay with what, you know, what I'm not doing the best at and how I can continue to get support. So I say this and then I'm not, I'm not just going to bring all this stuff up and then not give you any options to move forward because like I said in the beginning, I've been in your shoes. I have had debilitating anxiety. I cannot say that I never do anymore. I cannot say that I don't have anxiety. I definitely do. And I've learned tools to manage it and definitely lessen it. But there are things that trigger me to be more anxious. And the more I aware I am of them, the more I can begin to differentiate between anxiety and true fear and danger, where is like that's when I actually need to do something. So the first thing I want to encourage you is this. There's nothing wrong with the anxiety you feel. (laughs) I know, here I am. I talk about all the bad things about anxiety and you wonder how you can get rid of it, but it doesn't work that way. Relax into the anxiety. Stop judging it. Don't try to get rid of it. Just let yourself learn to sit in the energy of anxiety without needing to do anything. Nothing has gone wrong when you feel anxiety. It's okay, okay? So just, Number one, learn to be okay with sitting anxiety. So for me, if I have felt anxiety, I feel like I need to do something. I need to listen to it. I need to follow through with it. But you don't have to. You can learn to sit with anxiety and know that this is your brain giving you thoughts, giving you things that are making you feel anxious. And you you don't have to do anything about it. You just say, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing. And the next thing... Another thing I do is um, because I have a hard time distinguishing between real threat and imagined threat, I ask my husband, Justin, is this anxiety talking or is this something I actually need to be worried about? Often asking someone who doesn't have the same debilitating anxiety as you can be helpful, but only if you have been able to be okay with just sitting in the anxiety and not trying to change it or having to follow through with that, what your anxiety is trying to make you do. So. Because I've gotten to a place of being really aware of it, I can ask Justin now. And I, if he tells me it's not something you need to worry about, I can be okay with it and know, okay, I don't need to worry about that. It's not something I need to do anything for. Um, but in you know, when I had a lot of the trauma and the trauma was speaking, there wasn't anything that I could do for it. It just had to be, I just had to check it out. I had to follow through with that anxiety. So. I just want to be clear on that, that it has to be, you have to be in a place to be okay with sitting with anxiety and not having to change it. 
you can tell yourself that this is what your brain does, that your brain is giving you the worst case scenarios because it's trying to protect you. And this doesn't mean that they are going to happen or are happening. This is just your brain. You are not your thoughts. You are not your anxiety. And I just want you to imagine that anxiety is just there in your body and you don't have to do anything to change it. You don't have to act on it. Just be with it. There's a few other tools that I would offer for anxiety, but one is emotional freedom technique or tapping. I will be doing an episode on this coming up soon. It's so been so helpful for me and for the clients that I've worked with, how grounded you feel when you're done, how the anxiety that you might feel at the beginning of tapping, how it completely disappears. It's absolutely amazing. So I have really loved tapping. And yeah, I just I just want to encourage you that there are tools to help you. There are things to help you noticing your thoughts, noticing what the thoughts are, stopping the cycle of thoughts, telling your brain like, thank you, I don't need those thoughts. That's not allowed in my brain anymore. Or just being okay with the thoughts being there, but not having to believe them. Like you don't have to believe them. You don't have to believe every thought you think. So the reason I wanted to talk about this topic is because I wanted to highlight how crucial it is that you get help for yourself. Because the anxiety that you feel not only affects you, but everyone else around you. And I'll be the first one to tell you, living with unmanaged anxiety is so, so hard. I get it. I get it. And something that might be coming up for you is, well, good for you, Megan. I'm glad you don't live with this anxiety like I do anymore, but nothing can help me. Now, I want to say, for, say to you that when you say that, you're not only minimizing the work the time and effort that I have put in learning how to live with anxiety, flow with anxiety, be with anxiety, and manage my anxiety, but you're also minimizing your own ability to do the work and do the same. So like to just say that is taking away all of the effort I have done, and then you're also taking away your own option for that as well. And one final thing I want to note, while I believe in doing the deeper work and not putting a band-aid on the problem, um, if your anxiety is so debilitating you can't do anything to even begin getting help and learning the tools to navigate it, I want you to encourage you to go see your doctor and see if medication would be a good step for you. It's so important to use all of the tools that are available to you. Go get the medication if you need, then dive deep into doing the deep work of calming your body down, learning tools to manage anxiety and manage your mind. You have way more control over your anxiety than you think. You truly, truly do, friend. So please, please, please get the help that you need. I just want to remind you that the registration for Relief and Grief is now open. It's my three-day workshop diving into all things grief and child loss. If you are ready to begin picking up the pieces of your shattered heart and learn how to hold space for grief and joy, Come join me and the other moms in this three-day workshop. It's going to be amazing. And you don't want to miss it, especially if you have so much anxiety, truly. Like, I know what it's like. So go to www.reliefandgriefsupportgroup.com to register. I truly hope that this episode has been helpful for you. Even if it has stirred up some stuff in you, um, know that this, all this stuff that's coming up is just stuff you can work through that it's not bad that all this stuff is coming up, but you can process it and work through it. And I, I hope it's been helpful. I'd love to hear from you. You can share it in the Facebook group or message me. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. So take care. I'll see you next week. 
Well, this episode of Grieving Moms podcast is over. You can join me and other grieving mothers in my free Facebook group to continue conversations of all things life after child loss. Go to www.meganhillica.com slash community to join us there. If you like this podcast, could you please share it with other grieving mothers so that they can also find hope in life after loss and to know that they are never alone.